What's going on guys? Welcome to Swing the Twig. Obviously it is a Wednesday, a little bit different of a day than we normally do it. Um, that's, you know, that's because of the playoff schedule and everything's weird, but we wanted to come at you here after the first game was played in the NL and ALDS series and talk to you then. So here we are and guys, let's get into the weekend. I mean, the weekend was kind of a pretty good one for the road teams. I mean, the only one that really came away with a home win was Cleveland over the weekend. They swept the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. This was probably our best pick that came through, Jeff. I remember we we kind of I had the Mariners, but I so I went 2 for 2. Uh but I mean, that was our strongest pick was Cleveland. And man, did yep. they beat the Rays. It was tight, but that was kind of, I don't want to say dominance, but you knew who the better team was, clearly. Yeah, I yeah, I, I wouldn't call it dominance, but I don't think, uh, aside from the few innings where Cleveland did trail in game one, I don't think there was really any point throughout the series where the Guardians were saying, oh, we might lose. You know, like right. one, one, once Jose took that 2-1 lead, in game one, you know, it's like, okay, you know, like we can hold this lead. You know, Tampa Tampa hasn't gotten anything going offensively. They got Emmanuel Classe who who came in and I think he got like a four out save that game. Um so you know they they brought him in. He did just fine. Um and then they never really threatened at all uh game two. I mean neither of them threatened really game two, but you know, there was never a point where Cleveland was in danger of seriously going down either in the game or in the series. If anything, that extra innings in game two that I forget which inning it was, maybe it was the 13th or the 11th, one of those innings. I, I remember it going 15, but mm-hmm. I forget which point in extras it was. The Rays had runners on first and third with one out. It was actually, it was right. Actually, I think it was the 15th right before they walked it off in the, in the top of that inning where there were runners on first and third one out. And they got out of it with a double play, I believe. Or they got out of the inning and they walked it off right away. That was, I think, the only time where the Guardians were in serious danger of losing a game at that yeah. point. No Manfred's man. No, you know, no runners on second. So I think that was probably the only point, and that speaks to Cleveland's grind. But, you know, Cleveland's not the team, and we're going to get into this a little bit more, obviously. We're kind of doing a timeline here of what's happened. Cleveland's not a home run hitting team. They're a team that piles up singles, doubles, triples, etc. They're not the kind of team that hits homers. Only Jose Ramirez is that real player that can do that sort of damage. Uh, generally speaking, but we kind of saw they, they needed home runs to beat the race. Oscar Gonzalez walked them off on that Saturday. That was the real only run. That was it. Cleveland won one to nothing. So their offense is not looking that great. And we even saw that, you know, on Tuesday night in Yankee Stadium. But we'll get into that a little bit, obviously, um, later. But who else here had the Mariners besides me over the Jays? I did. You had the Mariners? Mm-hmm. I thought you gave it to Toronto. I wasn't, I'm wasn't. i not sure now. I know I had the Mariners. I, said, I can't remember who I had. I, I said I think the Mariners are going to win, but I think Toronto has the better chance of beating the Astros. Gotcha. Is what is um, what I said. And I well, I, 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 I still stand by that after after seeing Tuesday night, but, you know, we'll get into yeah. that later. Right. And, I mean, the well, the one we all failed on was the Mets-Padres series. That was one we didn't yeah. see coming. That was – I mean, for me personally – I'm glad I, I didn't see it coming. You know how happy I was? To be, oh, to be honest God. with you, and AC knows because he's in a group chat with me where a mo- majority of the chat is Yankee fans and there are a couple Mets fans. I kind of got back and forth with a couple Mets fans yesterday during the Yankee game, uh, one in particular. And Mets fans cannot stand what's going on right now. The uh, the team across town is still playing. They're in the ALDS. And my only argument was that the Mets – the Mets blew a division lead. The Yankees didn't. And the Mets lost to the Padres in a wild card series. The Yankees didn't blow the division lead in a better division, I think, than the NL East. 
and they're in a, and they're in a ALDS series and they got that bot that weekend by that was all I was saying. And I don't hate the Mets, but I'm not a fan of Mets fans. So I was more than happy to see the Padres dominate that and Dom I'm rooting for Dom because he hasn't really seen a, a big Padres playoff win in all the years he's been a Padres fan and he didn't just hop on a bandwagon. He, he has the old San Diego shorts with the old logo. He's got, he knows all, all the old Padres players. He can go way back like 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, I was rooting for the, I don't know about you guys. I was rooting hard for the Padres. No, I mean, I was too. I mean, this was a, I think everyone thought the Mets would win because let's think about it, right? You have Scherzer and DeGrom go one, two. You think Scherzer's easily just going to, you know, wipe the floor with them, but he gets lit up. I think the moment that Profar first pitch fastball, he hits it, you knew it was going to be a problem because I think the Padres had a game plan going into it and they, and, and, and they stuck with it. And it was that pitch, that first pitch, because obviously, right, it's fastball down the middle, right? That's always the first pitch of like every game. If I'm a hitter, you swing. That's the best pitch yeah. you're going to see in that at bat. So you might as well go for it. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that Scherzer really messed up on was against Josh Bell. He had him, I think it was one two or two two, threw him a fastball and he t- and he foul tipped it. I'm like, okay. Literally throws this next pitch, same exact pitch, maybe around the same exact place. I think it was a little more like towards the middle of the plate. Bell ripped it opposite way. And that was on sure as well. You can't throw the same pitch twice to a to a good hitter. Josh Bell's a good hitter. He hasn't been good since he got to the Padres, but if you he threw that pitch twice back to back and 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 Bell didn't miss it, it became uh it came two nothing and the Padres didn't look back in that game. And it and it really mm-hmm. sucked because as much as Max Scherzer has been great for them, the his two most important starts as a Met, he blew it. He blew the game against the the Braves in the first game of that series where it was the beginning of, of the downfall for them. And then he blew the game one of the, the wild card game. Yeah. Like you get paid how much money? 40 million. <laughs> You're only paid more than Cole and you, and, and, you, and you can't win where it matters most. I mean, we'll talk about the Yankee game in a little bit, but like, like that's pretty yeah. bad. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to armchair quarterback here. I hate, I hate doing that kind of thing, but you sign Max Scherzer, you pay him a lot of money, as you just mentioned. And he, he couldn't finish a game for the Dodgers last year in the playoffs. Hmm. So you really want to think back. Is Scherzer a good, great pitcher? Yeah, he absolutely is. There's no debate over that. He still is a great pitcher. But in the postseason, when it matters, I think back to the Nats season. That's the real season where I think he came through. I, last year with the Dodgers, he, he, he didn't help them much. He had a great ERA going into that postseason. He had a phenomenal ERA, less than one going into that postseason last year with the Dodgers. And he fell flat. He had minimal rest. He didn't pitch well. He didn't perform well when it mattered most. So when you look back on the Mets signing, what did, where was that based off of? The, the amount of money they paid him. Again, I'm armchair quarterbacking here, and I fully admit that, right? I'm, I'm not saying that I knew this going back. But when you think about it now, and you saw Trent Grisham homering um, and Profar, and all these Padres that are not consistent home run hitters going off on Max Scherzer. Manny Machado obviously hitting a three-run homer. But you just think about, why did they sign to this much money? Why? Yeah, I mean, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Exactly. You know, so, so you know, we, we can look back on it now and say, like, what are you thinking? You know, but, yes. at, but in, in the moment, everyone was like, oh, my God, you know, they have Scherzer. They have Degrom, you know. Bassett, De- Bassett was is still developing into a solid three position. So you know, you look at that and you think that's it. You know, like there's the three that they're going to use in the postseason. What more do you need? And I mean, Bassett really underperformed. Uh, Scherzer, right. as we've as we just said, you know, performed horribly by Scherzer standard by anyone's standards really. Sure. And sure. DeGrom, you know, they won game two, but DeGrom's going to be a free agent after this year. And he's going to want pretty much what Max Scherzer's getting right now. And DeGrom's not the only one. You know, DeGrom, Diaz, Nimmo, Bassett, Walker, Lugo, Adovino, Trevor May. Those it's are gonna all guys. It's going to be a whole different team. Yeah, Adovino had a good year this year. He did. Adovino had a good year. I just said I didn't realize that. had a good year. 
Um, Brandon Nemo, he had a pretty good year. Um, and yeah. he had a couple nice hits for them in that Padres series. Um, you know, so they can't keep everybody. They might not even be able to keep half those guys. Oh, based of off what not. they're going to want. You know, D- Diaz and DeGrom alone are going to be $60 million probably just for the two of them. Yep. For, and that's not even considering how many years they want. That's why the Scherzer and Lindor contracts are going to be the killers for this team. Lindor gonna... especially. Yeah. I mean, this is why I can't stand the guy. He wants all this money and you expect a great team around you and it just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. No matter how much money this Uncle Steve, quote unquote, um, has, it's not going to work. Like you can't, you can't demand all this money. I know there's no salary cap in baseball, but it's unrealistic to think that you're going to get signed and paid a lot of money, uh, hundreds of million dollars for a guy who hasn't even won a World Series, mind you. He's been there, but he hasn't won it. Um, mm-hmm. And to think that your team can go deep for years to come, this was their chance this year. And they completely blew it. Not just the pitching. As bad as Scherzer and a little bit of DeGrom was, um, DeGrom was okay. He did his job, right? He got the win and everything. But but, but even DeGrom wasn't phenomenal, right? We no. can admit that. DeGrom was not a no-hit pitcher. Well, he looked very well, – he looked yeah, vulnerable. Well, well, yeah, I mean, DeGrom, I think later on, I think, you know, the Met fans were saying it, like our friends, you know, he was starting to become vulnerable, right? Yes, as, and was. as much as they get on Cole for – you know, getting up the long ball and everything like that because at the end of the day, he is human. DeGrom showed his imperfections, and it's it's not it's not what it was five years ago, and I think I've said this before, where it's like you could throw 99 and 100 and you could just blow it by people. Those days yeah. are long over. Guys are preparing for it, and they're ready for it, right? Yep. You have to throw 105 now to blow it past them. And when you throw 105, you're not pitching. You're throwing. And if you do yeah. that, you can kiss your elbow goodbye, because so it's 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 just not feasible. And to go back to where you said about you know what's the point of the Scherzer contract? I mean, look, Scherzer had all the levers going into that going into that free agency, right? Yes, he, he was did. coming off of one of the greatest contract signings in MLB history in terms of long term deals, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what more do you want out of a seven year deal, right? He You're absolutely he, right. He never got hurt. Was a three? I think he won the signing on two or three times. I can't remember the exact number. Was a World Series champion, threw two yep. no hitters. I think, you know, it's like what more could you want? So all all the balls in his court. That's why they gave him all the money because he proved, look, I'm I was this dominant through this amount of time. I never valued. I just he just kept peaking and getting better and better and being consistent. So that's mm-hmm. why Cohen had to shell out that amount of money and also too not for nothing. I mean, his agent Scott Boris, and we all know who and Scott Boris is and what he does for his players. So yes. that that's another um, you know reason why he got the bag too. But to your guys' point, I mean, I've I've heard sports rate New York sports radio say, look, they're pissed. As I would be pissed as a Mets fan, you were pre-season to make the World Series and you blew it to a Padres team that realistically, you know, you should have had your way with, right? Yes, I would say they didn't. You know, they were the underdogs and and they thought differently. So that team's going to look completely different. Diaz came out and said, "I'm going to take the best contract that's right for my family." Right. So I think he's more worried about the dollar amount than in terms of who the team he's playing for. He's not staying. The moment those words came out of his mouth, I'm like, "Yep, he's just going for the money." Which I mean, he should. He had had a phenomenal season, so you got to get the bag. So and Degrom, I mean, people's reading into what kind of his comments after the after game three and it's like i mean you can't really be like oh he's definitely leaving or he's definitely staying right i think he's like he's like 50 50 you know like i don't know what he's gonna do i mean he's 34 it's like all right he's this great pitcher but his peak is kind of like it's short so i don't know like someone's gonna offer him a lot of money it might be the mets i mean i don't know maybe it's the yankees i doubt it but i mean someone's gonna offer him that kind of money and it's up to cohen if he's gonna want to cough it up or not but jerry has this point mm-hmm. this mess team is going to look a lot different and you know this was the year this they had the team to do it they had the bullpen they had the pitching the starting pitching uh-huh. and they had the offense they had everything you could want in a team and they just couldn't do it they had no they literally had no flaws going into the playoffs no they didn't had no injuries no problems there well let's get into another team guys that is a very similar narrative 
to the Mets, and that is on the American League side. The side that fooled all of us, including yours truly, uh, into thinking that they were going to win the division. The fans fooled. The fans got fooled uh, the most here by going to all these games, getting hyped up, and and a team that in Seattle that was able to come back eight, eight to one down and win this game. Guys, you should have seen my reaction. I was working betting football that whole Saturday. I still had that TV on. I was screaming at that. I was mm-hmm. I was the most excited person that the Mariners came back and actually from that eight one deficit to Toronto. I mean, what a collapse by the Blue Jays, eh? Like, Dude. you know, if you, I mean, that's a team that you know that you expected to win the division, the AL East, the toughest division in Major League Baseball, in my opinion, and you you fall flat. First of all, they didn't even get in the playoffs via their their own way. They got in the playoffs via another team losing. So tack that on to one of their many L's this entire season. I mean, just think about it. Their, their whole season has been a loss. They fired their manager. Their offense has been a dud most almost all year until the very, I want to say, last portion of the season. And even then, it wasn't that great. They, they lost the AL East quick to the Yankees weren't even in the discussion when the Yankees were near collapsing that lead. Yep. And then the Yankees got hot again towards the end. Yep. Here, here, here's a quick thing to add on to that. The Yankees took the divisional lead around May 1st, never lost it after that. The Yankees they nearly held did, the but division. Never did. They never <laughs> did. They held the divisional lead for the entire season minus the month of April, which hardly Correct. even counts because you know, it's going to fluctuate so freaking much the first month. So, you know, yeah, they, I think they, they never threatened. Yankees. They never threatened the Yankees outside they never of, even, they never outside of those couple weeks. Never had a hard lead. And people are like the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees are going to win the division. It's, it's either going to be Tampa or Toronto at that point. And then Boston collapses. Right. I remember beginning of the year, they were like, Oh my God, Boston's done. And mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, they were like 13 out. It was like, yeah, they're done. We never saw Baltimore coming to as close as they came uh, to the wild card. Thank yeah. I'm happy for them. But but then the Blue Jays just kept going down and down and down. Guerrero Jr., Anthony called it on this podcast. The, the night, I think a week or two after Guerrero had the three-home run night at Yankee Stadium, um, a week or so after, ever since then, it's been a dud of a season for Vlad. Yep. I mean, BP it's after been that, yeah. after that, that. terrible. It's been that bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember I said I said the week after I said, "Yep, he already peaked. He's, he's, he, he, the, the, the movie's not happening." <laughs> it, it oh just no, wasn't. no, it never was. No, it happened. It happened, but it wasn't Toronto's movie. It was Seattle's movie. Yeah, literally, it was. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Vlad, Vlad had a good year. Don't get me wrong; like he still put up, a, he still put good numbers. But when you oh, come yeah. out and said what you said. That's gonna be a movie, and you put up in, in, compared to what he did last year, and compared to who your father is. Like, come on, dude. And and he lost all the weight too. Like, he was primed to really show out this year. Obviously, it didn't happen. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I remember calling that, and yeah, good on that me. Was a, that was a worthy call by you. Yes, one hundred percent. Bo Bichette. Oh my God. Can we talk about that I, for a second? Mm. I I don't I don't even have words to describe how angry that whole play makes me. I so, I really don't. What play? I, got, I didn't watch. I, I didn't got, watch. I didn't watch Saturday's so, game. I was out. But so, I was. I so, literally so was the, watching the box score though. You got yeah. Down. So that so this was as the collapse was happening. You know, as, as the Mariners were coming back, and this was this was actually a play that happened that made them either tie it up or take the lead. I forget which one to tie tie it it up. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it was one of those loop-de-loops that lands in between the outfield and the infield that no one can really get to. Bo Bichette is running backwards to try and get to it, you know, know, side running. Yeah. Yeah. To try, to try and get to it. And George Springer is coming in as well. Bo Bichette has absolutely no idea where Springer is on the field. And he kind of like throws his body out for it. Springer's running in front of him and sees like, oh, he's not peeling off yeah. like he should. All day Springer tries to like sidestep out of the way, comes out too late and he ends up getting clobbered by Bo. He ends up leaving the game, probably concussed. I haven't checked to see what happened, no um, but, found pr- it yet. 
probably concussed or something like that. He was blinking really fast, shaking his head and everything when he was when he was being carted off. And Bo Bichette, you know, he you know, he kinda like he you know, like heels over for a bit and then like he stands up and he's fine. You know, he's like rubbing his head like it, it didn't hurt that bad. And it it was all Bo's fault, you know, and that, that ball was dropping anyway. But if Bo peels off at the last second there, let Springer come up, field it, crow hop to home. Either he's either he prevents that runner from going home or he nails that guy at home and they still preserve that lead. It, it should be one run at, or two runs at most coming around. And yeah. it turned into three because of the collision. And what's even yeah. worse is es- dude, what's even worse is Santiago Espinal, who plays second for the Jays at the time of the play, was also running into center field. Yeah. So there was no cutoff man. The pitcher and the third baseman were the cutoff men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah, insane. It, it, it was embarrassing. Honestly, it was embarrassing. It, it, it's high, it was high school shit. It was high school. It's a guy trying to show off that he can make a web gem play at the wrong time. And you know what? We're Yankee fans. We all have our feelings about George Springer, right? We know where he came from. We know what he's done, right? And I got flack for this. I said, you know what? I feel bad for him in the scenario. I yeah. I said it before. Like I I don't think he I don't think he's at fault for getting hurt. I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, no. But you know, I do believe in karma a little bit. But I I did feel bad for him, right? Um, yeah. Like, I, I genuinely did. Like like it's not his fault. And you know, he's genuinely trying to make the play. He's, he knows he's not going to make the play. He's gonna get. He's gonna let it be a single, and he's gonna let it you know, be that one or two runs at most. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I even cheer when it happened, you know, like I was, I was kind of just there like with my mouth open. Like, did that, Oh no, I, I did. <laughs> did, did that seriously just happen in a major league baseball playoff game? Oh no, no, no. I, che- I cheered when I saw the three runs coming around. I was like, let's go Mariners. But I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't care. But then I, I care after the fact I was like, you know what? Well, like, yeah, no, I don't want, I don't want to make it look like I have no heart. Cause I was at first at, when I saw the collision, I, I mean, a collision, I was like, oh, shit. But, like, you know, at the same t- – it's hard for me to explain. But I had sim- – well, it's all Bichette's fault. I have yeah. no sympathy for Bo Bichette. If any injuries come down from what he what happened to him, I think he stayed in the game. But I don't feel bad for Bo Bichette for anything he suffers from. That's his own fault. He's a machine for errors. Um, you know, I can't really – I can't feel bad for him. I feel bad more for George Springer looking back on it. Um, it was just a dumb play and I, I, I wasn't like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, I wasn't like one of these, uh, what about the children people? Um, like one of these parents like, like, Oh, what about the children? I didn't get like that, but you know, just carelessness by Bichette and selfishness really trying to make a play that didn't have to be made. It's just a single, it's just a freaking single Springer was playing deep in an appropriate position. He wasn't too deep. He wasn't too shallow. I thought it was completely appropriate. And Romano was in the game too. So, which made it even more worse. You're trying, you bring in your closer to try and, and get, get you out of the jam. So you can go on to game three or, or get another inning and then go to game three. I think their plan was to get the out in the eighth, Jeff, and then use him for four outs. Right. To try and yeah, kind of what, kind of what the Mets were trying to do with Diaz for a little bit there hmm. before they moved on to Ottavino to close it out in game two. But I mean, God, I, you talk about a cluster credit to Seattle. I saw their fans in the crowd. That was pretty sick. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was really awesome. Well, we'll get into Seattle's first game of that series, which had me very frustrated. Um, momentarily the Phillies. What a story, man. What a story. We're not going to get into the brave series necessarily, but the Phillies looked absolutely dynamite. Their pitching looked awesome. Their hitting looks legit. Their fielding looks awesome. <laughs> they shut down the Cardinals. Um, they they completely shut down the Cardinals, pretty much in both games, in my opinion. I mean, game one, the Cardinals got that two nothing lead, but even then, it was low scoring, and the Phillies, yeah. the Phillies stormed, and I mean stormed in game one in that ninth mm-hmm. inning, came back two nothing down, scored what six unanswered runs, insane. I mean, no, no words to describe what happened there. It's just, I mean, I mean, that was you guys. Were you guys watching? That was like Pujols' last two games of his I would, career. I I was watching both of those games, um, and yeah, I mean, 
Phillies never gave up. And you could tell, like, you could just tell, like, the air in the stadium, you know, game one, when when they gave up those six runs in the ninth inning. You know, even though they were trying to mount a comeback, you know, like, you could tell, like, the team was deflated, the stadium was deflated, you know, and that same energy just did not carry over in the game too, you know, like there, there was a sense of like dread and fear, honestly, throughout the entirety yeah. of game two, and they just let it get to them, you know, and their, their guys didn't perform, you know, Yachty didn't really do much of anything, Pujols didn't really do much of anything, Goldschmidt, the... Um, the apparent NL MVP didn't do much of anything, you know, yeah. their, their big hitters or the big names, at least didn't show up when they had to. So true. I mean, it was just a colossal failure. Look at Bryce Harper, right? A guy who basically, I don't want to say single-handedly because they, all the guys were actually hitting really well in that ninth and, and, um, and, and they were, they were having good at bats. But Bryce uh-huh. Harper, you got to give credit to the guy for having this much influence in a lineup um, to really, to really show that he can he can really lead a team this far. They're in the NLDS. They haven't been in the NLDS in how many years? Like ten years, eleven years, eleven years since their 11 last years. playoff appearance. Oh, I mean, talk about it. Talk about a resurgence from a team, and they just extended Bobby Thompson too, former Yankees uh, coach. Mm-hmm. I mean. And you really think about it, you know, this team, this team's going places and maybe that firing Girardi was a good thing for, for their mojo. Maybe it was, maybe. I still think Joe Girardi was a great manager, but yeah, you think about it, right? I think Bob Thompson's really having a great influence in this team. It changed the whole clubhouse culture. I don't know if it was an age gap difference with Girardi. I have no clue. I mean, I mean, it might've been, you know, I mean, you, you saw that with LaRusso. You know, I mean that yeah, that got pretty right. apparent pretty quick. You know, and for I I forget if we mentioned this or not, but for those of you who might not know, Larusa has announced his retirement from the position, so someone else will be taking over head coach duties, manager time. duties for the White Sox. Um, but just just as an aside, you know, I mean whether Girardi was a good manager or not what can't be denied and can't be argued is that when Thompson came on board, like you said, the team just got that much better. They started playing with that chip on their shoulder, the fire under their ass and guys stepped up when they had to, even without Harper, you know, Schwarber had a fantastic year, you know, second mm-hmm. most home runs, obviously uh, only behind judge, but first in the league outside of that. So, yeah. And Aaron Nola, man, what a performance from Aaron Nola. Yeah, it was a great, great performance. And they're playing the NLDS currently, which is where we go to now, I guess, to uh, segue our way through here. Uh, That's a perfect way to transition. Actually, they're currently playing the Braves. They got that one nothing lead as we speak, and they're they're trying to win game two and uh, go to Philly with a two nothing series lead. Jeff, imagine. Or Anthony, imagine going to Philly down uh, being the Braves down two nothing in a series potentially. How intimidating can that be? You're going to Philadelphia down I two, and you're the I number can, and you're the number two team in the in the league in the NL. I cannot think of anything more intimidating, honestly. I honestly oh can't. And fi- Philly is brutal, you know. Philly is passionate. Philly is brutal, you know. They will chew up that Braves team and spit him out. The fans, let let alone the team, if you give them a chance. But those fans alone, it's oh, going to yeah. be such a. It's going to be even if they take game two and go down there. That's going to be such a hostile environment for them to play in. And Are you, you go know, there. I really want to. I really do. I I I really do want to go. I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to, but I do want to go. And I did say I want the Phillies to move on in the possibility that maybe I can go to a game. Um, but That place yeah. is electric. Oh, yeah. I would love to go. But, you know. Well, the, I feel like it's a 2 I, nothing. I, that's so scary. Yeah. I don't, 
I don't know what the Braves can do right now. If their offense can't get clicking, especially later in the game when the Phillies bullpen comes out, which is not that good, as we saw mm-hmm. in game one of the wildcard series, it, it's really not that good. If the Braves can't capitalize on that, I I, I, I don't know what to tell you. We're going to be watching the Phillies compete for the pennant. Which is crazy. Oh, my God. You really think about it. It's, it's. I mean, either way, it's going to be East Coast, West Coast, um, NLCS. The, no matter how you look at it, it's going to be an East. It's going to be East Coast, West Coast situation. Whether it's San yeah. Diego and LA or Philly and Atlanta, it's going to be. It's going to be. An, it's going to be a long travel for the NLCS. No matter who wins either of these these two series, is more than likely it's going to be LA on the other side. Um, but this Philly and Atlanta series yeah. is going to be really. Um, fascinating moving forward just feel i mean if philly wins this series i i think it's the biggest collapse from atlanta um in a while and that'd be bigger than the mets to be honest with you because i genuinely think the mets are a far better team than philadelphia and they're both divisional rivals all all three of those teams are in the same division so you know who if the phillies do beat the braves you know who really won the division in the end and that really says a lot and and it's it's truly Truly incredible how far the Phillies have have come, but they're going to be in discussion at the end of the season too, right? For for who comes back and who stays, and mm-hmm. they have a pretty cheap budget. But Bryce Harper is taking up a majority of that, obviously, with the money he's wow. making. Yeah, that, go, that should go without saying, right? But I mean, that's but so the Phillies can Phillies have money to play with a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Philly's not a small market. Right? They're not a media market but they're not exactly a large market you know they're kind of, they're kind of in that weird in between but you know now that the fans have seen there's something to root for they're going to show up in waves for next season and that's only going to make their budget go up 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 that bit more i want yeah, both your true. predictions here for what for the, the for the series do you think atlanta can come back and take it i know it's going to depend on what what they're doing as we record this show but yeah. if you guys had to pick, uh, who do you think wins the series? I mean, I say this because of how, like, because of how, how, like, the wild card teams are getting matched up wise pitching. If the Braves lose to uh, Wednesday's game, if they lose, they're not winning the series. Yep, it goes to Philly. Yeah, yeah. it goes for to Philly for two, and Nola's pitching game three. Uh huh. Correct. So it's like it's kind of like right. Max Reed crapped the bad game one. However, the Phillies yep. almost blew it. Right? What's their demise? Right? They don't have a good bullpen, so you know, correct. Uh, they're gonna have to try to f- figure out a way to keep that at bay. But I mean, but I mean, look, if Zach Wheeler gives them a it keeps it up, you know, you know this game and it's and it's been it's zero zero, and they're him and Wright are going at it. If Philly can hold off and take two, that would be huge. And at that point, right, it's like even then if they did collapse the Phillies, this is the Brave series to lose. They're the defending champs, and, and, they're, and they're the division winners. Yep. They're absolutely. supposed to win this series. The pressure's on them, not Philly. You're 100% right. Yeah, and oh, man, I'm, I am still impressed by the Phillies, but yeah, I totally agree. If, if the Phillies somehow find a way to win this this Wednesday game, I mean, the chances of, of the Braves win, uh, winning this series coming back are pretty much slim to none. I mean, you got it. It's a really, really low odds on that. Not not good at all for Atlanta. They ha- This is a must win in order to actually do something in Philly. And they could win the series in Philly, theoretically, if they win tonight. So it's still entirely possible. But, I mean, man, that Philly crowd's going to be good on top of Aaron Nola pitching, who had such a great um, outing against the Cardinals, too. So you got to think that Nola's rested. He's going to be fresh for that game. You know, there's going to be a lot of uh, talk about the Phillies coming through when it matters most uh, and going into game three. So I got to say the Phillies can hang on here if they win this tonight, but it's going to be really hard to say. All right, let's move on, guys. I mean, Dodgers Padres in the in, is the other series going on in the National League. This is pretty – I mean, is this what we expected so far? Game one was a 5-3 final for the Dodgers. I think this is what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. It's expected. <laughs> simple, simple description. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 
for the Padres to win, it's going to be the same way they beat the Mets. And I, I foreshadowed this, even though I said I thought the Mets would win. I said the only way the Padres win is if it's an offensive show out. And both games they won, they won by six. It was an offensive show out both times. Mm-hmm. And You're that's right. that's the only way they'll be able to beat the Dodgers. It's an offensive show out. Ain't going to be the pitching or the defense. That's for damn sure. It's going to be the offense coming to life and doing what they honestly should be doing. You do have to find a way to shut down the Dodgers, though. And they did that with the Mets. They found a way to shut down the Mets. So it is possible. You have to shut down L.A. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, in in some manner. But they're still going to have to score those runs. If nothing else, to demoralize them for that game, at least. To make it easier to shut them down which is exactly what happened with the Mets, especially game one. Jumped out to that early lead, knocked Scherzer out of the game, and the Mets just sat there stunned with their tails between their legs. Unbelievable, man. Like, like when you think of the – and I get it. The Dodgers have weapons offensively. But when you really look at the pitching, like really look at the pitching, starting pitching, the rotation for the postseason, and then the bullpen, there's not a lot there necessarily. There's not a lot there that points to, you know, the Dodgers. Oh my God, the Dodgers are going to dominate in the pitching front. No one says that. It's all their offense that is dominating the matchups. No one says anything about, oh, the bullpen's going to win the Dodgers the World Series. Actually, um, similar to what we're talking about with the Phillies, the bullpen is kind of their, I don't want to say their kryptonite, but their um, their Achilles at the moment. The bullpen is the Dodgers' Achilles. I mean, you really think about it, they had to bench Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell, excuse me. <laughs> he's no longer, he's not on this playoff roster. That their closer that they thought they could hang on to and they signed a pretty decent contract to, Craig Kimbrell, he is not on that postseason roster. They're literally going with different guys like Craig Martin as an example. That's a guy that they're going to rely on. They're going to rely on many different relievers to close out these games. Well, I guess it's better than relying on that other guy that they had. Well, yes, but I mean, I mean, yes, but <laughs> even then he's in Atlanta now. So yep. Kenley Jansen's in Atlanta now. They don't have him. I still think Kenley Jansen was better than having an, an inexperienced pen pitcher. I mean, did he blow a lot of games? Yes, he did. But, but I mean... I, I mean, just it's the lack of experience is incredible in the Dodgers situation in terms of the pitching side. Starting pitch included, right? I mean, look at the starting pitching for the Dodgers. Look at it for a second. Think about who's experienced on that roster minus Clayton Kershaw. Really look at it. Who on that who on that starting, you know, lineup for the postseason has legit World Series winning experience besides Clayton Kershaw. I mean, you, I mean, you're Urias because he was on that oh. championship team, but but, yeah. but 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 then again, he was he came out of the bullpen that year. That's, he see, that's what he I'm thinking about. Starter. He was he was see, supposed to be about. a starter, but yep. obviously in that situation, he was uh he was a reliever. But no, no yeah, I mean, right. look. But yeah, but the Dodgers are relying on their offense. I mean, they have the best top four, one, two, three, four in baseball. By far. There's it's not even close. So they're that's that's how they're gonna get carried to a championship, is that if, you know, is if their offense stays consistent, which it can because they have great hitters. Um and the pigeons just gotta stay, they just gotta keep at it. You know, Kershaw's in the kind of the twilight year. I wanna say twilight year, because he's only thirty four, but right, I mean he's not getting any younger. But yeah, I mean look the, older. People do because people forget how, how like he's been in the league for a while, but he's not even like he's not thirty five, thirty six. He's only thirty four, but you know he's had the injuries and stuff, and you know yes. he's past his he's past his peak. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. to your point, I mean, look, they're they have an, a little bit of an inning. I mean, I mean, but whose pitching staff really isn't like is experienced the most? Probably the Braves and maybe the Astros. I mean, yeah. Like, that's really it. I mean, if, I mean, if you look at the Phillies, right, they have Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, right? Those guys haven't really been in the playoffs. I mean, even even that they even look at the Yankees. I mean, look, oh, the only one they have is Cole Cortez. No, yeah. Severino. Nope. Okay, he has experience. You know, in, in yeah. seventeen. 
That's, that's, that, that's it, you know? And who else? And Seattle got nobody because they haven't been there in 20 years. Castillo and all hasn't guys. been in the playoffs. Hmm? Castillo has not pitched in the playoffs. No, yeah, exactly. Like Robbie Ray, you know, maybe for like one start. You know, but even that, um, we all know how well, well he does. Yeah. He gets he gets lit up. Freaking bozo. But, yeah, um, we, we saw how well that worked out. Well, we can, we can get into that. I mean, that was, I mean... Depressing. I was literally okay. So I was at full the series is over. <laughs> the series is over. You just you just I was, can't. Yeah, I was That's in Yankee so- Stadium last night. I was getting hyped up for the game a little bit, but I'm also following the Mariners game. I'm eating dinner before the game. I got there at batting practice. I'm chilling, and I'm with my father, and I'm looking at the scoreboard. I'm like, oh, cool, seven three. I'm talking to friends, like uh, in in a chat that day season. I'm like, oh my god, like. I see it's like seven five. I'm like, oh man, they're coming back, and um, and then they got out of the inning, only giving up two runs. And then I keep looking at my phone just before the intros. I see seven five, and and like what one out. I'm like, all right, close it out. I keep following like Fanduel, I think it was, and then I just it just keeps going. You know, all right, runners on walk. The walk was was the big problem. That walk, I forget who it was that that walked in the ninth, and and then on top of that. I forget who else got on base, but for Scott service to take out um, Seawald, their closer for the Jordan Alvarez matchup and bring in Robbie Ray. Come on, come on, come on. That ruined the whole game. It doesn't make any sense. It's their closer. It's their closer. Why would you why would you do such a thing? He wasn't struggling. Jeff, you told me I wasn't actually watching the game, but I was following on the FanDuel. But from what I saw, like location wasn't terrible. Did wow. he did he did he walk a runner? Yeah. Did he walk in a, a did he walk a hitter? Yes, he did. Yeah, but you're you're gonna get that. You know, you're gonna yeah. get that. That stuff just happens. They right. they should have left him out there, you know, and that that's part of the problem sometimes with having these rookie head coaches or these somewhat inexperienced head coaches who have never been in situations like this before. You know, they overthink, the, they overanalyze, and it ends up coming back to bite them in the ass. You know? Dude, it's unbelievable. And then, of course, everyone knows Jordan Alvarez hit the three run home run. And I see that. I'm like, what the F? Like, I was, mm-hmm. I'm watching player intros on the foul lines. Just before the game, the game in front of me and the other side of the American League is about to start. And then I see that happen. I'm like, because I was like, oh my gosh, Seattle wins game one. Like, that's huge. Like, the Yankees might have to, not have to play the Astros. Like, that's sick. I was so excited. I was like, man, we should manhandle the Guardians. And we did manhandle the Guardians. Yeah. But uh, for game one. But I mean, you look at, you look on the other side, I'm like, really? We can't get our way? And I can't even blame the Astros. Like they did, they have good hitting. How do you not close that out? Yeah, but you know that—that's how it's gonna have to be. You know, it's gonna have to be the hard way. And at least for me, it's not gonna be satisfying to make it to the World Series unless if we go through Houston to get there. I agree with Anthony. The series is over, though, for Seattle. Jeff, that was Jeff. Who's, I thought Anthony said the series is over. Oh, I thought you were agreeing with what I said. Yeah, that well, yeah, I, said I, that. I do. Yeah, I do. But like the series is over. Like, yeah. yes, it, it is. It's, it's done. Just, it's so deflating because I mean, yeah. I, like, because look, you you lit up Verlander. He gives up the most runs in his postseason career. So you're really high and mighty, and then like that just that just has. And right, I mean, it's a young team, so it's like. How are they going to respond? You know, that's the thing. You're going up against a, a, a team that is known to be in these situations, right? They are a staple now in the playoffs, which is sad to say, but it's true. So Seattle's really got to come out firing tomorrow on, uh, I guess, today or Thursday. Thursday. Um, or else, you know, they're going to go back to Seattle and it's going to be over. But, you know... Let's just say, never say never, right? I mean, look, they were down eight one, and they came back and won, and then they're here. They're here now. So, but what logic? I mean, to bring it. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't. I don't know either. I don't even know. I. I. I know why he was coming out of the bullpen. To be honest with you, that he got lit up in Toronto. 
Yeah, yeah I took his over on strikeouts, and of course, Teoscar Hernandez <laughs> just owned him. And I'm like, wow, you couldn't get five strikeouts, you bozo. I I remember he had he that. had four. I said thanks because I looked at the game before Glass now and and McKenzie. I said, oh, this seems like a lock for both overs. Didn't take them. They both hit in like the fourth inning. I said thanks. I knew that was gonna be a pitching duel, but I didn't take it. <laughs> I'm like you know what? All right, I'm not gonna do it again. So I take the next game. Pretty decent pitchers. Gosman. Gosman was one I was afraid of because it was at six. I was like ooh. Hit his no problem, but no, Robbie Ray just couldn't get out. <sighs> Hernandez, yeah. but it, it, it's whatever. But I mean, All right, well, what's up? It's, no, it's just sad. My my FanDuel account's depleted. <laughs> I'll have someone look into that for you. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> no, let's move on to the to the Yankee series, guys. The guys that uh, the series that we've been um, waiting to talk about last. Um. I mean, game one, I mean, I was there, right? It was, it was pretty electrifying. It was fun. I mean, it was, it wasn't like 2019. I thought it was a little quieter. It wasn't, it was loud, but it wasn't as loud as I remember it against the twins. Um, but Garrett Cole, uh, did exactly what I expected because of, I knew the matchup it's Cleveland. They're a grindy team. Yes. But, but Cole has done really well against the guardians this year. Cole has also is he's a home run pitcher. I knew the Guardians have one of the – they're 26th or 27th in the majors for home runs in, in all of baseball. So I knew going in that Cleveland's not a home run hitter. Now the only run that Cole gave up was a homer to, that barely got out to Stephen Kwan. But – and I wasn't even nervous at that point. I said, okay, if the Guardians are going to put up their runs, it's going to be by the long ball. That's what they're going to have to do against a guy like Cole. Otherwise, you're not going to – I knew if Cole could keep the ball in the park, he was going to have a great outing, and he did. He did exactly that. So the Yankees have incredible amount of momentum, but they should win this series, guys, right? I mean, the, the Yankees are a far better team. We said it before. The AL Central is not a great division. Cleveland won it. This is like the NFC East of baseball um, with the Guardians um, in that division winning, coming out of it. This is the Yankees to lose, like we just said about the Braves. Like this, like game one was awesome. Bader homer, tie the game, got his first homer in pinstripes. Uh, Rizzo hit a two run bomb that brought in judge, um, who walked and, you know, the place went nuts and that was a beautiful one to watch <laughs> a beautiful Homer to watch. Um, I, I, the Cleveland defense looked terrible too. I don't know what you guys saw, but the Cleveland defense folded for two innings there when the Yankees scored their runs, the IKF single that led to him getting on third base. It wasn't really a, a true triple. And then the Trevin, which led to the Trevino sack fly. Um, couple things stand out. Cole did really well, and the Yankees bullpen did really well. Um, that entire night, Liz, Jonathan Luizaga struggled a little bit, but he got out of his jams. Wandy Peralta did awesome, and Clay Holmes did his job. Any critiques that you saw from Tuesday night? Donaldson needs to be more aware. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, so, you 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 can't just you know, I I, I like. The ball barely got the ball. First of all, didn't even get out of the ballpark. Hit the top of the wall. It's like <laughs> it's like I, I saw I saw that, and I'm thinking literally just now it reminds me of the Todd Zeal um, <laughs> double that was in the 2000 Subway Series, right? Yeah. And Timo Perez wasn't running out of the box, and Jeter nails him at home. That, that's yeah. kind of what happened in a sense. But the good thing mm -hmm. for Donaldson and his sake is that right, the Yankees still won. God forbid they lost last night. Everybody's talking her. about that play. Everybody. Because that could have really changed true. the game. Because I saw that. I literally, because we were outside at my friend's house watching it. I, I see him hit it. I'm like, oh, this could possibly go out. It goes out. Everyone's freaking out, you know, because a couple of my friends had bets on it. And I said, wait, 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 wait. Because the yes. ball came back in and the umpire didn't signal anything. And Donaldson got out. I said, I don't think it got out. And then the replay showed and it just barely hit the top of the wall. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So it's just, but in that situation, like for Dawson, like you can't do that. Like the regular season, it's one thing. It's still bad in the regular season. In playoffs, you ha you got to know better, especially coming from yeah. a guy who's been in that situation before in Toronto during his prime. You just can't let that happen. Stay at first, or you know, or at least kind of be a little bit, maybe like going to second, but close enough where you can get back to first. But you don't assume it. Wait for them to. 
wait for him to give you the signal. It was he didn't. It wasn't a pimp shot. No, <laughs> and that wouldn't have been out in any other ballpark. Just saying, yeah, that would have been off the wall in any other. Not even off the wall. It would have been hitting the warning track in any other ballpark. Uh, more than likely, uh, that yeah, I thought it went out at the stadium. I was all excited and everything. I thought it went out on the replay. I had to look closer at the replay to actually see it hit the top of the wall. All I saw was that it. I thought it hit a fan, um, like a fan in the hand or the arm or something. His finger. I barely th- missed his finger. I know, and I and I saw that. I, I thought it hit it, and at the stadium. And then I actually go on my phone to look at the real replay, and I'm like, yeah, that's not that's not even close. It was like a foot and a half short, and it doesn't get much closer than that. But you got to run that shit out, man. I mean, you can't go into a home run trot when no one signaled a home run. <laughs> No, I mean, he had the whole place thinking it was a home run. People next to me were thinking, were like, oh my God, it's out. I was thinking it was out. Like he had the whole place convinced that it was a home run. And then he gets tagged out. Like, like he, like he did nothing wrong. Like my dude, you got to run. You got to run at least get to, at least get to second on that before you start your trot. If you're not sure, at least go to second. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't, yeah. You just can't start too early, but you know, he's lucky, you know? Still won the game. Oh, very lucky. He's he's insanely lucky. Well, he had the web gem play at third that that prevented a, a, an extra base hit. So I will give him the credit for that. Um, you know, Donaldson did do his job at third base, which I have loved from him all season is his performance at third base. Just his hitting is Anthony, I said it before yesterday. I said like his swings and misses remind me of like an air conditioning fan. Um, it, the way he just whiffs is so hard and <laughs> he tries to pimp every ball. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I want to hit you guys with a little bit of humor here. I heard this. Obviously, I wasn't listening or watching the game but um, on the tel- television, but I went back and I, I a buddy of mine sent me this, and I was like, I was like, huh, that's interesting. This is Bob Costas calling the game last night on Tuesday night, which you guys can tell me your opinions on um, because he doesn't do it often. But this is – this is what Bob Costas said. Um, Harrison Bader was talking to Judge at the time. This was after he tied the game in the dugout. And Bob Costas um, was was saying something that, you know, the young young guys like us laugh at. Uh, take a listen. Bader's still in the afterglow of the blast he just unloaded. <laughs> just some lighthearted humor there. Did you guys catch that at all? Yeah, Bob, Bob, I didn't catch that, but Bob Costas was a savage last night. <laughs> it was so funny listening to him call that game. It was hilarious because some of the stuff that he that was coming out of his mouth was funny. Not just about, like, the Yankees, but, like, uh, he said something last night where, like, yeah, he just got, like, rocked. Or he, or he just, like, he said something. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he was just very blunt. I said, wow. I was die. I was laughing. But it's good. I, I like it's. You don't hear him a lot. You you kind of wonder. At least I've always wondered. Like, is he retired? Is he not? Because I know yeah. he used to be with NBC. Because he was with NBC Sports for for like two decades, and mm-hmm. like, I, and I always wondered why. Because like NBC really towards the two thousands, they didn't have anything really but football. That's it. Right. That's all they had. You know, it's they, they and they would get, they would get the Olympics every four years. Okay, like big. Okay, whoop de do. And but other than that, that's it. You know, and all they had was Sunday Night Football. They, he wasn't with CBS. He wasn't with Fox. He wasn't with ESPN. So when he went to MLB Network, I'm like, all right, this is probably a part time gig. Then when they said the thing, oh, he's probably he's doing the TBS games. Because I thought Ernie Johnson was going to call these games. That's who I thought was going to call the game. You really thought Ernie would the call two- the game. Well, Ernie's done them before. That's true, but he hasn't done them in a long time, had he? No. So, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, all right, kind of, you know, a little throwback action. And look, I was, I was happy. I know some people kind of ripped him on Twitter, which they were like, yeah, got annoyed with him. But I'm like, uh, like, all right, no one's perfect, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, I, I mean, I don't know, Jeff. What did you think? I mean. I wasn't listening to the game. I was just watching the game. So I I don't have any commentary on what was being said last night. But yeah, I mean. Jeff is too busy watching the Lightning lose to the Rangers. 
Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, I was. Across town. Uh, I was going to go to that game if the Yankees weren't in the playoffs. <laughs> Thank God I but, didn't. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, as long as it's not Joe Buck or Michael K, I honestly couldn't care less who's announcing the games. Totally agree. And the fact that Ron Darling did the color, I think, was a perfect – because I'm a huge fan of Ron Darling. I think that's a perfect uh, combination there. Um, it's a nice compliment, you know, um, to have that. But, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I mean, when I hear Bob Costas' voice, you always notice how Bob Costas is the Yankee games. Almost always only the Yankee games. Because um, he, do, he doesn't yeah, work that, in any other that games. Is, that is true. Like, I remember I was at the last, the last ALDS game I was at was in 2019, game one against the Twins. He did that game too. Um, so this is not a rare thing for him to do. Like, he normally does Yankees postseason games um, in, the, in the early rounds. This is not uncommon for Bob Costas. I just, you know, I, it, it, when I hear his voice, I know the postseason's on. And that's, and that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the place was rocking. I was, I mean, I was... I loved it. You know, it was, it, they did special lighting ceremony or something like that at the stadium too. Um, they had Nick Swisher. I didn't realize it was Nick Swisher until they showed the close up. They had Nick Swisher waving the flag in center field with the lights all dim. Um, and as, a, as the pregame ceremony, and AC, I don't know if they put that on TV or not, but that was insane. Like they dimmed out uh, the whole stadium. Nah, nah, they, yeah, no, they didn't have that on. Oh, that was cool. Um, I remember sharing a photo to you guys. I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, seeing the whole, and he was under the spotlight. <laughs> I was like, we, we had never done this before for a playoff game um, in Yankee Stadium. But I was thinking to myself, how many Nick Swisher, right? Considering his postseason performances. I love Nick Swisher. No knock on him. I love the guy. But how many, how many Yankees do you think rejected that before they contacted Nick Swisher to do that? <laughs> I think he was probably the only one that 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 that, that would do that. I mean, what sure. who who has that kind of personality to do that, right? That's true. Let's, re- <laughs> let's really yeah. think about this over the last two decades. Who would do that? Can yeah, I mean, one other person. I can't. He's the most. Um, well, who do you think would do it? Who do you think would do it if you had to pick a Yankee that you know fans love and everything like that? And there's no doubt fans love Nick Swisher, but his postseason numbers are clearly are clearly, they weren't good, including 09. I mean, I could, you know, generally speaking, what Yankee do you think would get a loud ovation with waving that flag? CC. He threw the pitch, the ceremonial. Uh-huh. But what Yankee do you think would, would sign off and say yes to that? CC. Think CC? I, yeah, I, I, he, he could yeah. have done it, but I think he's, I think he's, I don't. I don't I think mean, so. I mean, I mean, give it a few years with him though, because I know, I know he's kind of just you know enjoying retirement, being with his family, crying over the over the Raiders. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, yeah. he 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 he's earned team. it. He's he's deserved it. I think eventually, you know, he will come back, um, and he'll he'll start being a little more active. Well, you know, he works. For, you know, he works for Cashman, right? And Major League Baseball. Well, he works no, for Major League Baseball. He, no, no, he works for Manfred. Yeah, yeah sorry. And he, he moved over. He works for Manfred now. Um, yeah, so he does do work now. But, yeah, I mean, I couldn't – I can't think of many other – one comes to mind. Um, the guy nicknamed Godzilla, Hideki Matsui, comes to mind. Um, mm, I think Jeter – I love him. I think Jeter would do it maybe without the flag. I think he would do something, um, and that's rare for me to say. I think A-Rod was the kind of dork that would do that too. Knowing A-Rod in his retirement days, now acting like a dork every now and then, you see that dorky side of A-Rod? Yeah, he, 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 he probably, he'd probably do it in a different way, but I could see him yeah. doing it. I could see A-Rod totally capacity. doing it. Yeah. I could totally see A-Rod doing that sort of thing. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a first. I mean, that's... I've never seen that done at Yankee Stadium. I hope they continue it. The young fans seem to like it. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. I liked it. It's something they had never done before. I didn't expect it, mm-hmm. but I liked it. Um, it was pretty cool. And I think I think I I hope I think I hope to see it in the future. I'll probably go back there for the ALCS, assuming we beat Cleveland. Um, and I'll suffer through the Astros series uh, there, but we'll we'll have to see. 
but yeah, it was fun overall. Guys, what were your biggest takeaways um, from that week of quote unquote postseason baseball? If you count the wild card um, weekend, what was your biggest takeaway? Don't take away the three game set. Don't take away a three game wild card. I I know in the end it didn't mean anything. The team that won the first game was the team that ended up winning, and the road the team, mind you. Yep, but. Honestly, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was amazing. A whole weekend of wildcard baseball do or, still with that do-or-die feeling. It was phenomenal. Do, it's probably the only thing I think Manfred's done that I'm actually like, yes, this is good for the sport of baseball as a whole. Yeah. It almost makes up for Manfred's man. Ooh. Uh, AC, what, what was your biggest takeaway from the week? Um, to expect the unexpected, I Love think, it. and that moves forward for the entire postseason because we're seeing it now. Um, you know, you watch Seattle do what they did, Philly sweeping the Cardinals into a team that many thought coming into the playoffs was going to win the whole thing based on how they were riding and the, the storyline of Pujols and Yachty and Wainwright. And for that to just kind of just be over and done with in a split second. It sucks because I was rooting for the Cardinals on the National League side because, you know, they don't have any effect on the Yankees. So I was going to root for them, but it just sucks for that, for that to kind of be the ending of what is one of the greatest careers of, of all time. And it kind of sucks that Albert really didn't get the notoriety that he kind of deserved from for his last game. Yeah, and and from like not not from St. Louis because they they adore him. They they have a day named after him. But like from the media, right? Like it wasn't as covered as like Jeter's was, or yeah, or I don't know, or or like cows and stuff like that. Like I don't know. It just you, you felt like you felt like he kind of got gypped. I and agree. a couple of people did say that during the season that like Albert did get gypped, and Albert's kind of guy is like I don't care. Yeah, but like he kind of did. Like he should have got the. Agree. He definitely should have got the farewell tour. That Mo got and that Jeter got, um, you know. But I just think that where he played, and the fact, and I think what killed him the most in this whole grand scheme of things, that he went to LA. That's what killed him. He should. He should not. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, right? I mean, they got Goldschmidt. I don't think Goldschmidt would have would be a Cardinal had Albert not have left. But had Albert not leave, his legacy is completely different. Mm-hmm. You know. So th- I think that's the other thing that that also might have affected him, and I'm sure, and I'm sure after going through what he did in in, in St. Louis, I'm sure he has regrets of leaving, you know, for the money, um, because I do remember at the time St. Louis did offer him a pretty decent deal, not as big as what LA gave him, but good enough to where he was going to get paid, but also it didn't jeopardize what they were doing as an organization, but. You know, at the time it was always right, right? How can you outdo the person who just has the biggest contract, right? How can you outdo it and make yourself more valuable? And he went he went where the money is and you know, I think that I think that's what killed him the most was was that deal. But agreed. You know, what what's done is done. I mean, it was good for him to come back for the final year and, and, and get the love that he deserved and do what he did, especially in the second half of the season. Um, and we're kind of going to, you know, now tell our kids about one of the greatest hitters of all time mm-hmm. because he's in the top, you got to put him in the top five. Yeah, I'd, I, I'd was, put, I would I, agree. I'd, I'd, I'd put him there. I mean, you also have to remember this guy had 700 home runs. I don't think he hit, he never hit 50 home runs in a season. That's how consistent he was. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's one, it's 1000% true. Yeah, I I mean he's in a smaller market, right? I think that's what you know, that's how he got quote unquote gypped. Um that that, that small market, it's like Derek Jeter, right? And the whole thing. Why did Derek Jeter and Mo get that? Yeah, they were legends. Of course they were. But they're in a big market. They're in New York. And I think that's what separates them from a guy like Pujols from no matter what Pujols could have done, right? We still say he's one of the greatest righty hitters of all time, if not the greatest righty hitter of all time. Um, you know, even a guy like him, he was in a small market. We don't we, we overlook guys in the smaller markets, unfortunately. Um, that's the biggest criticism of Derek Jeter, right, is because he was in a big market is why he got kind of the rise to fame before he even, you know, showed that he, he was a legend. Uh, 
but yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Like Pujols, um, did get chipped a little bit in that last game, but I think the biggest takeaway for me would probably be kind of similar to what Anthony said, but I would say, you know, no lead is safe. A seven to three lead for Seattle is not safe at all. A two nothing lead for St. Louis in the ninth, not safe. One out two two nothing lead, not safe. Um, that's my biggest takeaway is, is no team is ever out of a game regardless of the score. And no matter how many outs are in the ninth or the eighth, it doesn't matter. That's my biggest takeaway. Well, if you guys have nothing else, we will close it out there and see you guys on Friday. You guys good? Yeah, I think so. All right. So until Friday, we will see you then. We're going to try and keep the schedule consistent here. It was just because of the whole structure around where game one was scheduled and things like that. And, um, you know, rain delays influencing and so forth. But we'll be here for Friday and we will talk to you then. And we'll see you Friday. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod, or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.